Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How's it going with you? Good. Very well. Say hello, Mike. Mike, you're here too. I'm here. Hi, Mike. <laughs> I'm always here. <laughs> I'm always here. In your heart the ghost, and in the, the ghost of Sky. <laughs> like. Stand into your eyes. It's too strange. Your face looks backwards. Yeah. So do you know what's gonna happen? You done all this already? That's me? I don't want to talk about time travel. Because if we start talking about it, then we're gonna be here all day talking about it, making diagrams with straws. We both know how this has to go down. I can't let you walk away from this diner alive. This is my life now. I earned it. You had yours already. So why don't you do what old men do? And die. Why don't you just take your little gun over between your legs and do it, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, not that far from the truth. Jeez, Dave, you're <laughs> acting like I was silent for five minutes. It was like I was silent. I was polite. Oh my, four <laughs> seconds. One. Let's go. Letting someone else speak. Yeah. No lag time, man. Yeah, that's right. The second she stops talking, I want you to jump in. <laughs> what you do? Hello as well. Hello. I didn't want any sort of silence. <laughs> my two cents on this. Oh my. So uh, before we did this, like you know, five minutes ago, Dave sends me a message saying, "All right, just finished uh, the the write up for the lobster night," uh, which shames me because I'm like, "Write up? I didn't do a write up for the Looper. I can I can get this. I got the timelines all. I, I've got it. I've got the the, the board up in You've front of me. You've got it as much as as much as Bruce Willis does. Like, stop it. No I don't care. About time travel. That's, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i've got a little packet of paper it's stapled together i mean that's something that's wow. about <laughs> better that's than about we got it. that's <laughs> we got imdb up that's uh that's about it <laughs> oh well that's basically what it is so you know and then my yeah. silly little notes <laughs> all right um yeah we'll just wing this uh so jessica i'm just gonna well, actually, Dave, you're going to – I guess you'll do the introduction because I, I have to yeah. write a full report on Looper during that introduction. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll stretch it out. It's plenty of time. <laughs> I'll give 25 minutes on on her introduction. I'm just going to figure oh out God. a way to reword everything IMDb says, and they're like one big run-on sentence they've got here. All right. Plagiarism. How dare yeah, you? I'm good. All right, so this week on the show, we are covering Looper, and to do that, of course, we have a guest. We have Jesse Lauren, a veteran of both War Machine Horse and Pop Culture Case Study. So thanks for joining us on The Grand Gesture this week. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Of course, absolutely. So before we kind of jump into this, why don't you tell people maybe what you're up to and how they can contact you online? Uh, well, I'm not up to much. I'm starting my own small business that'll be up and running sometime next year. And you can find me on Twitter at search to find you engage me in any kind of movie conversation that you'd like. I will always answer back. Yeah, I was worried you were going to say engage me in any way you'd like. And I was like, movie conversation. No, no, good. no, no, That's no. a good call. Movie conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimate only. Answer. Thank you so much. I mean, right. that's still Sounds that's good. still a bigger step than me. Don't engage me at all. I direct you to yeah, my just... personal assistant, uh, Dave Hart. He will take all of my right. messages and probably respond <laughs> in my voice. It is I think true. you've got it down. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I've got it down over typing. I, I can't do the accent. That's you can try. I wouldn't dare offend you. Maybe no, maybe you'll no. get nominated for an Oscar. I mean, that's. Ooh, no. I want to hear an impression. <laughs> all I have, I all I have to do is a bad accent. No, I'm afraid of upsetting Mike's mother if she ever hears this, <laughs> uh, and I refuse to do anything to make that woman uh, even a little bit disappointed in me. I refuse. So there's no way I'm doing an accent. That's very smart. There's a lot of guilt and shame I live with for doing just that. So I would avoid it. Yeah. If I can. Um, I would also avoid like, this episode. Because uh, Looper, <laughs> oh my! I'm in, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of this. Like you know, Dave, you've said on the podcast uh, so many times that I, I've uh, divvied up the responsibilities of this show, and I end up giving you the the harder sort of romances to chart. Yes, and I think there are a couple of landmines I want to avoid with this one. You know, there's a, a one night stand angle here with uh, Emily Blunt, which I'm not knocking here, but that's not the romance I'm going to go for. So. Uh, before we get too far Ooh. into it, this is a uh, time travel story, and it is about Bruce Willis uh, being played, and this is probably the biggest leap you have to make, not the time travel, the younger version of Bruce Willis is played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is not not something that comes to mind. Uh, I don't know, Dave or Jesse, if that's what you always envisioned, like with the, the Bruce Willis origin story, if <laughs> little uh, third rock I from saw, the sun I was going to be on there. Moonlighting. I saw moonlighting. <laughs> I know that's not what he looked like. <laughs> he was balding at 17, I'm convinced. He's always been kind of older looking. That's true. He's yeah. uh, never been quite this youthful. And I think the movie tries to, they try to kind of you know, use some makeup and some effects to, you know, make his uh, jaw a little bit wider, make him look a little more emasculate. They, they make a good attempt. There's still there. quite the leap you have to make, and there's a, quite the time jump from where it goes from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's <laughs> face to Bruce Willis. Those are some hard years that he was he was living there to get to that point. Yeah, maybe that weird eye drug, maybe that, <laughs> yeah. you know, changes your appearance. Who knows? So this is, uh, you know, in the uh, not so distant, I guess, future, uh, relatively speaking, for us to have made this leap where time travel is possible. And the film just tells you that, like, hey, it's not happening now as you're sitting here, but uh, this already exists. And so we're operating uh, somewhat in the, the present day uh, with these two Joes. And it is about uh, the younger Joe, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt who is tasked, as all loopers are in this world, by this uh, criminal organization to take care of any unwanted business from the future, um, where I guess CSI is like too clever, where you can't kill people, so you, you send them back to be executed in the past. And uh, he already knows, like the rest of his uh, uh, cohorts, that eventually he will have to close his own loop, and he will be responsible for killing himself. So he will know, he will know when the time is up for him, for him and he gets a big buyout. He gets his, his gold to do so. So for me, as I said, I'm going to avoid some of the, the trappings of this film. Uh, the meet cute is finally when the two Joes meet. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sensing some disagreement from uh, my less progressive uh, friends on this podcast, leaving uh, me to be the one. I'm guessing this is Mike's way of putting me in charge of every movie from now on. He's just going to like sabotage it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll take over from here. Before I correct the both of you, uh, what was the, the meet cute that uh, you all came up with? Or what, what were you watching this you know time travel sci-fi action movie under the the guise of it being a romance because our podcast is the best uh mm-hmm. you know jesse what what did you look at what was the romance angle you were taking here which couple would you have focused on 
Oh, I mean, what cuter way is there to meet a woman than when she's flipping you off? Really? Yeah, she's got a shotgun at some point. I'm into it. <laughs> Chopping up some wood. Uh, That's you know, right. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't want to burn down our corn. Doesn't believe in grand gestures in that way. So we got to move on to something else. <laughs> Listen, Emily Blunt can get it. She's amazing. I am just in love with her all, all by my like all by myself. So that's my meet cute. I'm with Jesse on this one. That's that's where I would have gone. But I'm interested in Mike. What you thought of the uh, meet cute at gunpoint between Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, I'll roll with it. Okay. Uh, well. Let me explain this to my two vanilla friends here. On uh... oh, yes, <laughs> the first time Mike has ever been able to say that to anyone. <laughs> He's so happy right now. <laughs> I am very, very pleased with myself. Um, the, I guess the, the, when I was thinking the the meet cute, and there's nothing wrong with how Emily Blunt is is introduced because anytime she's introduced in a film, it's 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 gravy from from them on out for anyone watching. But yes. I'm thinking because usually in a romance. Uh, the the romance is the most important thing. And I'm not saying there's a romance necessarily between young and old Joe, but there is a courtship in the way they talk about time travel and the way they value each other's existence, which is, I mean, it's strange to say, cause it's the same existence, but at some point their the roads do diverge because we get to see this meet cute twice. And I'm only seeing the meet cute as once when, you know, old Joe actually lives that's lives. <laughs> yeah not him being shot because there's not a lot of you know there's not a lot of back and forth there it's, it's he shows up and he gets shot just one way yeah but you know there's there's enough uh hesitation the second time around to where uh old joe having lived through this has you know he's got a few tricks up his sleeve and so for me it's two people who are explaining themselves like they've they've had a very similar upbringing being the same person but from two different points in time, like old Joe has a very different set of values that he's operating under and he's already lived his life. So the young Joe here does have a valid point saying like, Hey, just because I'm young, like basically let me go out and live. Let me make your mistakes. And if you really think that they're going to end in tragedy, I won't make them. I'll do something else. Like I won't be as stupid as you. And I really like that. I really like that dynamic between the two because even upon rewatch, I don't know who I side with in that discussion. I don't know whose life is of more value there. The, the young man who still wants a chance to be somewhat reckless or the guy who really truly believes, and he has good reason to, as we'll get into later, that he needs to do something or uh, people are going to die. In his case, a lot of people, if you're believing his sort of apocalyptic vision of the future. Is that good but enough? Do you think he cares if a lot of people die or do you think if he just cares that one person dies? I think it's one. I don't know if it matters. I don't, I don't, to me, I don't know if that matters because mm. I think young Joe and the, the previous old Joe, uh, you know, we see that he is very wasteful. Like, you know, he gets his buyout, he closes his loop, and he goes right back to harming, shooting, maiming people for money. He's still a very selfish individual. And so, yeah, mm. it may be one love one person you know his his wife this woman that he meets later on in life that sets him on the right course but i do think that he is thinking about his reckless behavior prior and he's thinking about all the people that in some regard you know he by doing nothing by just taking the buyout and not really asking any questions he is responsible for a lot more death than just his his woman being killed in front of him like a mm -hmm. western or something i mean that's true but 
Take it as a win. Play the music, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. (laughs) No, but like ultimately, I I think the reason why it actually does matter is because if it's the one woman, then there's really no excuse for him to go around like killing a bunch of children. Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's hard to buy into that move. Like I'm just going to murder children who might be responsible. Exactly. And it's just like, my God, (laughs) I I was watching it and I was like, cool, this is all fine. This is really interesting. I don't hate this character too bad. Oh, no, never mind. (laughs) Start killing kids and you're off the boat just like that. I'm so judgmental, Jesse. Yeah, I was only I I was only judgmental in that he wasn't doing it fast enough. I felt like <laughs> he was, you know, if, if if you're truly looking for their this world's version of the the Antichrist, the, you might want to hop to it, you know, catch a lift I mean, or something. Like hang around. Yeah. Watch them from the street corners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of true. That's a, that's a point. <clears throat> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but like to, to your original question, kind of who who do you side with here? I think. Right. As a, as I'm watching the movie, I think I side with the younger version of Joe. I think it's just the idea that he has not had the chance to learn these lessons and experience this life, and old Joe has. And it's and I kind of side with Joseph Gordon-Levitt here. Like you had your time, you know, you got to have Dave, these memories. Dave, now Dave. that you live my life, you're you're getting. We're both getting further to old Joe territory. So this is not the time to play the the, the millennial card. Hey, hey. <laughs> I am young at heart, Mike. I, I go I go for youth in this case. As do I. Well, uh, you know, you all will learn one day when the apocalypse happens. <laughs> when you... we are old like you and we feel as old as you, we'll learn one day. To, to be fair to, to old me, even as a, a young man, I hated children with a passion. So yep. I would have I would have thrown in with old okay. Joe. Child murder. This would have become like a you know a buddy road trip movie of going out and killing kids across the country. Like so. the Mike Bettison review. Good, but should have killed more kids. <laughs> Those, cast a wider net, Joe. That's I'll show you how much I know you. <clears throat> I'm not even gonna break you. I'm just gonna, you know, set you back a ways. We know that you've been stashing half your bars. Which is smart, no law against it. You're going to get out, you're going to go overseas, right? Studying up your Mandarin? French. French. You give him up, or you give us half your stash. You're willing to dump your silver in the dirt for Seth? You're going to kill him? Not if we can help it. Be too cataclysmic a change for the future. Now, what we'll do is dangerous in that regard. So not as dangerous as killing him. On top of which, a man from the future runs free long enough. You know, this time travel shit just fries your brain like an egg. Why the fuck French? I'm going to France. You should go to China. I'm going to France. I'm from the future. You should go to China. I'm going to France. You're going. I want to I want to transition to the the breakup here because I don't think it's it's actually that far. I think the meet cute and the breakup are like right on top of each other, and I think oh, really sure. that the breakup here in my version between the two Joes, it, it's just because they're basically interrupted. It's like I don't know if Young Joe like 
what's important to me about the, the farm sequence. And I remember when this came out that that was kind of a divisive point was how much time you spent. Like, you know, this seems more like, a, as opposed to this being like uh primer, this is more like witness with Harrison Ford. It's like the film slows down to a crawl. It is a deep pull. I'm, I appreciate that. that I'm old Joe. Reference. You son of a bitch. <laughs> right. I think that young Joe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I, I like the way he plays. I don't think he's a very likable character. I don't think he's meant to be. I mean, we see him turn on his friend uh, for his own, to, yep. not just to save himself, but to, you know, because he's willing to take a beating, but he's not willing to give up on his idea of what his retirement stash. will look like. He's yeah. Hit the <laughs> life that he's, he's, yeah. and you know, he's killed a lot of people up to that point. So, mm-hmm. and it, like I said, it goes back to value. He's like, okay, so it's one person's life. My friend, Versus I've killed a lot of people just so I have the right to live this sort of fantasy vacation I have. And I think that young Joe, you know, he does what old Joe eventually does. It's just not a child he's killing. Instead, it said it's his buddy. And unfortunately, it's Paul Dano. So, well, again, I agree with it. That guy's kind of a fuck up. <laughs> like, it's fine. He's kind of weird. He creeps me out. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the breakup, I think it's just because... Uh, in that that diner conversation, I, I do think that Young Joe's intrigued, and I, I like that notion of, hey, you know, when I see this this woman who's taken from you and is murdered because of you, I'll remove that element from your life. If I ever see her, I just I won't engage with her. Like there, she's saved, and that that's the part where Old Joe is being very selfish. He wants to maintain that, and by God, if he yeah. has to kill some kids to do it, then he's going to keep it. Even <laughs> though Young Joe is offering him a very valid way to save her. Um, but they're interrupted and young Joe just throws in with these, with these gangsters who are going to kill him. He knows how they're going to get old Joe yeah. back. Cause they're going to torture him to death. And I feel like it's someone that is not yet thinking for themselves. He's just someone who's just operating under someone else's thumb. And it's not until we get right. to the farmhouse that he actually starts to make some decisions when he forms relationships with not only Emily Blunt, but her son. Like I really love the scene where they're hiding from another gangster and he's very revealing about his childhood to this kid. I mean, he's speaking to this kid like an adult, like probably selling things that he wouldn't tell anyone who has known him in this, this part of his life. So I think that the breakup is weird here in that it's an unresolved conversation. And most of the time that really bothers me and romantic comedies, romantic films. Cause it's something like, Hey, if you just take two more seconds to explain yourself, this will be resolved. But this, I don't know. I think they would spend days like debating the minutia of time travel. So you have to have some gangsters come in to, to force the breakup. So what I'm saying is, for once, I'm actually okay with that conversation not proceeding. Because it would be a very different, very boring movie. And no Emily Blunt. That's true. I feel like I'm just making all these, I'm making all these fantastic points here. And I keep coming back to, I've found <laughs> your, all's, your all's weakness, which is Emily Blunt. So anytime I want to win that point, I just bring her up. It's a, Yes. <laughs> Um, I, I think you bring up an interesting point, though, in that I think in a lot of ways in that scene, young Joe is kind of calling him on his bluff. Like, OK, is it that you really care about this woman or is it that you care about your connection to her? And I think it's an inherently selfish moment. Uh, and it, it makes me wonder, like, what what do you think would have happened if they weren't interrupted? Like, I think they probably still would have come to blows Regardless, like I, I don't think this is going to be something that a conversation is going to occur for another 25 minutes in this movie. Like, you know, the guns are going to come out real soon in this sequence. Uh, but I do like that he kind of calls him out and 
really challenges him here. And I think that enrages old Joe. Jesse, which which Joe do you think is actually the more legitimately interested in the other the other character's side, the other version? Which one do you think is not being totally disingenuous here when they're having this debate, if you will, on how to handle this? Well, what's interesting is it's a disparity of motivation within the exact same character at different moments in time. So ultimately, there is no right answer to that. And like time travels, you know, time travel premise is kind of difficult that way. Um, if there was anyone coming from a more, I guess, sincere motivation, I would assume it's Joe. Simply because you're not supposed to mess with uh, timelines. And old Joe knows that, especially operating as the looper for as long as he did. So he knows that this is supposed to play out a certain way. And he's messing with that for the sake of a woman. Like he keeps talking about this rainmaker and everything, but he clearly never cared enough to do anything about it until she died. Which in defense of old Joe, it sounds like a bunch of nonsense. It's, I mean, we, we see, we flash back <laughs> to that phone call and I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what are these numbers you give me? <laughs> what are you, are you trying to sell me something? What is this? Like a cruise? What it's is a pyramid scheme? <laughs> what, what's happening? <laughs> And I, you know, I don't think Bruce Willis is a fantastic actor by any means, but I think he's got some of the best. And he may have the best all time. What the fuck face? Like you see it in Die Hard, yes. and this, and then that phone call yeah. is just like, what the hell? Like just, <laughs> it's this mixture of like agitation. Maybe he's, he's a little bit sort of bemused by what he just heard. I, I love it. So, um, I don't know if I would believe all of that that nonsense necessarily. The only one who should believe it is young Joe when he actually gets to see like the scope of this kid's power when he tears yeah. tears a guy apart from the inside out. That's when Aww. I would be like, that's when I would be like, hmm, old Joe <laughs> still got a few Poor marbles left. Garrett Dillahunt <laughs> <laughs> seemed like a nice guy. Seemed very professional. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, you know what I love about that character's death that death scene as he turns with his gun to this child he scares this kid and we get scared bad things happen but i like that shot where he pulls the like gun away like he's yeah. like oh it's a child i have no intention whatsoever like of, of course i'm yep. not gonna shoot a child and what do we do to that character we rip him apart because <laughs> that's we prove to the audience that you shoot the kid when in doubt you shoot the, i mean oh my God. spoiler I, alert I, you remind know. me never to invite you over to my house like for well, real you've listened to my podcast before you should have already come to that decision you've got enough information my there. children will never stand a chance like run kids run Go and run mike's here <laughs> That crazy guy from Kentucky showed up. Run! Oh, yeah, God. Country Can't trust him. As I want to do. I just <laughs> drive around like, oh, you were once on my podcast. I'm going to show up for dinner. <laughs> that is the tacit agreement if you show up on someone's podcast, right? You I just, mean, yeah. You show up, whatever, right? That's... There's probably a very bad VOD horror film with that exact premise that is probably already <laughs> out about a crazy podcaster. Yeah. Oh man, I've just signed away my soul. Yes. <laughs> so, Mike, you had mentioned this this idea of you know these two characters, and you mentioned that Young Joe is kind of he's kind of a bad guy. Like he's not he's not someone he's not terribly likable, but I feel like he's more genuine in who he is in that in that scene you're talking about in the diner. 
Whereas old Joe is like, he's, he's manipulating the situation to try and get what he wants. Whereas young Joe is just like, I just want to live my life. So I find that weirdly mm-hmm. like more honorable than what the older version of him is doing. I agree. I go with old Joe again, just, just in the, I, I don't think he's being, he's, he's definitely not being above board um, because the way he explains yeah. it, he is trying to protect something of value to him. But for me, you know, as, as you'll see in the film, I think you're meant to to see his life as more valuable than the young man. At least, I mean, and that's unfair because it's just their current yeah. state of being. And so far, right. Joe doesn't, you know, any connection he has is false. You know, any any sort of romance he has with this <clears throat> this this woman that that works at this bar, this club. I think it's very important. Ryan Johnson shows her at one point, like they're having this, he's having a fairly intimate conversation with her. And I don't mean their state of dress, but like, you know, he's talking about, you know, his mother and Ryan Johnson ends the scene with her watching the clock, like looking. So he, right. You know, he has, he doesn't have any connections yet. And so I, I tend to side with old Joe because, you know, I want to see young Joe get to that point. And what he's talking about is something he's not experienced and doesn't have any comprehension of yet. And old Joe does, but the problem with old Joe is he's still he's still Joe, so he can't. There's I don't think he has the skill set to explain it, and I think that's why it's a, it's a perfect right. role for Bruce Willis in that way because he just like <laughs> dialogue. Nice backhanded compliment there. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really good at that talking stuff, that explaining. There are a lot of so great, you, you know, there, and there are a lot of screen legends fuck. who are not good at that talking stuff. So you know, it's, it's true. You know, better than he have served that role before. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it worse. Jeez. Poor Bruce. What is this? this is not you got, the... you, somehow you got me feeling bad for Bruce Willis. I don't know. I take that as another win. I'm, I'm on fire tonight. My goodness. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think the grand gesture is something that is obvious. I think we'll be on, all on the same page here because it's, it's a fairly big we'll grand gesture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is it's noticeable. Then I saw it. I saw a mom who would die for her son. A man who would kill for his wife. A boy angry and alone. Laid out in front of him the bad path, I saw it. And the path was a circle. Round and round. So I changed it. Yeah, um... (laughs) And this is something that I had, I watched this movie with uh, two of my brothers and they didn't like the ending at, at all, but they were looking oh, really? at it from, well, they were looking at it. I don't know if it's not that they thought it was too dark. I think they had seen the film had done some fairly fun things. If you like dismemberment, I guess is fun where you saw the criminal organization sort of use time travel in particular, the same person coming back against another one. And so what happens here in the grand gestures after young Joe has made this connection with this, this woman, her son, who he does believe at that point will become the rainmaker. He's, he's on old Joe's side, but the difference is he, he now, he no longer values the life that he can have 
because he doesn't see any way that by choosing that it's not going to harm not only this child the, the the mother who will be killed but also old joe he doesn't even see a happy ending for old joe and that, i think that's really important in this this film that it's not that ryan johnson paints it that bruce willis wins if he gets his way it's just it's, it's just going to be bad for all involved he's not going to fully succeed um so young joe decides to shoot himself to remove him and old joe from the equation and that's mm-hmm. it is somewhat melodramatic i mean it's it's a definitely a big moment but the argument I had with my brothers was like, well, they're like, why don't he just like, I don't know, shoot himself in the hand or in the knee or something like just, just momentarily have, I guess Bruce Willis do the, the Marty McFly thing where suddenly the hand holding the gun doesn't have it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's foolproof. I don't know. He's still going to chase the kid down. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, yeah. oh, well, let me just give up on this quest where I've already murdered three children. I think it just I guess pisses him now. off further <laughs> if you take away one of his hands. Right. <laughs> He might take the time to go back and strangle young Joe first and then, you know, drag poor JGL's lifeless body and beat that child with it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Improve the movie once again, right? Those. those... No. Leave Uncanny Valley alone. Um, But but no, uh, I actually was kind of annoyed that that didn't exist as a plot option prior it's like if he doesn't want the woman that he loves to die and she dies because he falls in love with her it's like well his life is over he's not getting back to the future here's this young asshole why don't you just take him out why are you like i didn't understand are you, are why you that saying bruce willis should have yeah hmm. i didn't understand why that wasn't an option way beforehand because that just solves his problem wasn't there like an existential issue with that, right? Like you're you're killing yourself, you're killing your younger self. Like that, I think that's a lot to put on Bruce Willis's shoulders as an actor. Like I don't know that he can. Who's being he insulting now? Him. Jesus! Oh, but at least I do it to his face, <laughs> unlike you with your backhanded compliments. Do you? I would say, a, is he a subscriber? Is he one of the early adopters yeah, of the grand gesture? Uh, we're, yeah, absolutely. I, Doesn't everyone listen to the show? I, I thought I was unaware. I, I'm apparently not on the email list that Dave has with the the C listers with the Hollywood, <laughs> the elite oh. of the nineties. C-listers. Shit. I am the coastal Arch. elite. I have connections, Mike. Well, don't next, worry about it. Next I'll week be, we'll be doing what? Bonfire of the Vandies, Hudson Hawk. We'll oh. do some other classics. <laughs> Color of night. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's got this, it's got some penis in it, so that one. Oh I my could god! See, I can see making the cut. Right. <laughs> or uncut. There you go. Sorry, nice. I couldn't. So, don't apologize. Do apologize for that. I'm only bad. I didn't say it first. I That's thought I was passing the ball. I thought me and Dave had you know better chemistry at that point. I'm like, oh, this one's he's gonna just slam this one home. <laughs> Nothing. He just took a second. Nope. Leave it. Leave it to Jesse. That's fine. Leave it to me. <laughs> what i'm here for so so getting beyond the the practical nature of this this gesture uh do you either one of you find it valid like do you believe in young joe's transformation that's so complete that his relationship means so much with these still relative strangers that he would he would take it on his shoulders he would do what dave said bruce willis can't that he would he would end his life he would answer that existential question (laughs) to to save them that he sees that's the only way to do it do you do you believe it coming from jgl we'll we'll stop harming poor bruce willis our number one fan on this podcast <laughs> well i know what my answer is what do you think dave 
Um, I think I think it really works, and I think the timing of it is important. Like it is, this movie does really take its time with that arc, and I think a lot of it is because of something you mentioned, Mike. That he's not, especially through most of this movie, even I would say eighty nine percent of this movie, he's not a good guy. He has moments where he softens a little bit, and he hangs out with the kid, and he cares about her. Um, but it, I think it takes him seeing exactly kind of everything, you know, this vision of everything that he would go through, and that this life is not. You know, ultimately, it's not purely rewarding. Uh, and this is his 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 real only opportunity to do something great, even through his own death. So I think that that turn really works for me. Uh, I completely agree. And my motivation behind it is because, you know, he does talk about his mother. And, you know, as Dave said it, he's he's not a good guy, obviously. And there's a moment where Emily Blunt is talking about like, but if I raised him right if I raised him right, he might not become, you know, some kind of monster. He could use it for good, you know, that sort of thing. And I feel like it's very viable that he is trying to redeem the child that he never got a chance to be. I, th- I think the biggest distinction there is that unlike old Joe, he's, he is thinking about his past self. He is, I mean, Obviously, yeah. he doesn't have the life experience old Joe has, but old Joe, as I said, doesn't know how to talk to the younger version of himself. He's he's very bitter against his past life. He, he's almost like a uh, like a, a born again Christian that way. Like this this romance has made him so he he's willfully ignorant of someone who's not had that opportunity at love yet, who's not met that person, to suddenly just understand completely where he's coming from. And young Joe, like I mentioned that scene where he's talking about his childhood to this, this kid, I feel like he's starting to recall that. And, you know, his, his decision at the end, he's, he's thinking about this rainmaker child. Like when he becomes a rainmaker, that he's going to be set on a path where he has no choice, much like himself. He's like, you know, that he, you know, he's not bitter towards his family upbringing. He's not bitter towards his mother. He's not even really bitter that he became like a criminal, like at a young age. But I think he is somewhat bitter or he's hopeful that if he had been presented a different choice, that his life would not have turned out this way. And so all he's doing is he's giving this kid that chance. And exactly. that's, that's, it's not until that moment when he shoots himself. That I'm like, Oh, this guy's a good egg. That's it. I get, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because I do think that the film, you know, I mentioned my brothers, you know, they were, cause they were trying to look at the sort of practical side of like, well, what if you did this? What if you did that? And I think the film is smart in what it doesn't answer. It doesn't entertain a lot of the time travel bullshit. And I think it's smart, uh, maybe sometimes a little too clever in its practical setup with the weaponry that's used. Like, you know, because it's, it's like they go out of their way to explain that this blunderbuss that the loopers use, you can't miss if you're, what, within 15 feet and can't hit anything right. after that. And so, of course, what happens? Old Joe... He's beyond the he's beyond the arc. He's he's out of range yep. for young Joe, and so it does. Like you have to recall, you're like, oh, he has no choice here. But I like the film better, thinking like, no, he has he's a pretty big fucking choice. Not many people will take it. Like that's that's still a huge right. sacrifice. So, um, yeah, I, I I I've I've poked fun, but I really like this this film. I actually liked it more on rewatch. I think when I watched it mm. the first time around, I was wanting like Ryan Johnson's sort of definitive take on like a sci-fi film, and. Right. 
I, I appreciate it now for how small it is. I love the farm sequences. I love just the waiting around stuff. The old fashioned movies, Dave, from what, 85? You, you think I'm fucking <laughs> yes. calling back to like the, the silent era or something when you responded? <laughs> Jesus. 85? That's 32 years ago. <laughs> oh, God. Well, everyone, that's that's the sound of listeners uh, agreeing with Jesse and groaning and thinking Dave's an asshole for reminding us all <laughs> well, of our mortality. Well, they're not wrong. I would never deny that. That is oh. on brand as usual. <laughs> I don't think any of us have been put to quite that decision to to sacrifice one's life we, to possibly save the world i don't if we did we you know what decision we made we went selfish <laughs> we're just like nope i'm good here so let's let's put it on a much smaller scale what's what's been a moment where you've had some sort of internal battle or you've remembered how you've done something prior and you've noticed maybe a change in yourself like you know what i've I, either i handled that the, the wrong way or you know, now that I'm older, I just can't continue to treat either a relationship or some sort of interaction that way. And Jesse, you won't be disappointed at all if you're like, hey, it's the time that I was going to save the world from the Rainmaker who's going to take over. And yes, I am a looper from the future because that would be a great <laughs> ending to the show. And I don't expect that of Dave at all. How did you no. know? <laughs> you were meant to be a guest on this episode, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, was I? You, you, came, you came back to appear on The Grand Gesture because you knew Bruce Willis was the, the super fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Little do you know, I'm related to him. No. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a big question. I want Dave to go first. <laughs> that's a great way to answer okay. it. Yeah, that's that's always a good way. It's just pass the buck right <laughs> on to the other side. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when, when you're talking about that, like the first thing I thought of is arguments I've had with my wife. Uh, when... We were first dating and, you know, you know, usually when you're first dating, like things go really smoothly for a good long while. And then you get in your first big fight. And what you figure out is how that person fights. And I tend to fight pretty directly. You know, there's a lot of raised voices. There's a lot of pointing fingers. And my wife tends to <laughs> react classics. by crying. Well, yeah, my wife tends to react in those fights by crying, um, which is totally disarming for what I'm doing in that situation. Like, oh, you don't fight like I do. You don't fight like my family does. I have to adjust to this. So after experiencing that, then it's like, okay, now I know if we're going to get in a disagreement and we're going to come out the other side in a better place, I have to calm myself down and I have to speak in a tone that's not accusatory and not get in her face. I need to just like sit down next to her and talk to her and tell her why I'm, I'm upset instead of showing that I'm upset. So that's kind of the lesson I've learned that has kind of changed my behavior, I think, for the better, just in my everyday life, too. If I ever get in an argument with someone, I think it's better to do that than to yell and scream. That's a good answer. Tell your wife to just uh, bite. Anytime you're pointing finger in her face, use her teeth. That would be... <laughs> I'm not letting her listen to this. She might. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No need to work up some tears and get all emotional. Just just quick bite and then you'll probably shut up. What a, what a, what a man's what a man's rag. You don't need to get all emotional. Just bite. It's fine. It's, crying is painful. Let's transfer that pain to your fingers, Dave. <laughs> Valid point. Jesse, I believe you were about to unburden yourself with some of your more intimate details of your life. Intimate details of my life. Yeah, sure. Let me uh we get right on that. Um, no, it's probably, uh, I would say friendships 
you know, girls, as Dave pointed out, fight different. And I have been in so many situations where passive aggression is used. And more often than not, it just kind of bubbles over to a point where it can't be handled. And then two parties or however many go their separate ways and it's never dealt with. And it's a lack of closure and you lose the friend and it's all this time that you've spent cultivating this relationship and it's all just gone up in smoke. Um, so learning from that, I have a few pretty close female friends. And one of the reasons that we're close is that I am just the biggest asshole when it comes like if, if a friend of mine even remotely starts to get passive aggressive, I get right in their face. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Like just, <laughs> Jesus, just I'm on the it. wrong podcast. You two very aggressive people. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is why we've agreed on everything on this show. Goodness. I mean, but no, I mean, here's the thing is that if you let stuff fester, then it's going to get infected and it's going to fall off. You know what I mean? So you just got to kind of get it super quick. Um, that's just going to get infected. It's going to fall off. It's going to fall off. You're not going to have it anymore. I know exactly what I was was thinking. You say that to two guys (laughs) in a podcast. It's like, Ooh, maybe you're right. Maybe I should let that visual. That was the visual I got. Dave was like, I don't want that. That's not good at all. So, you know, go to the doctor right away. Confront your friends right away. (laughs) That's the lessons I've learned. (laughs) Well, I think we should end the show there, just in true no. Dave fashion. Oh, what about you, Mike? Mike, what about you? Yeah. What have you uh, learned? Well, I would say this. Uh, I've learned by not learning much is what, <laughs> what I've, 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 I've – Well, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Um, learning. Book learning's no good. <laughs> I'll go to a, a, a DVD extra feature. This is from Magnolia. This is a, a story I like. This was talking about screenwriting, so it doesn't really – but it will apply. Uh, I really like the way Paul Thomas Anderson, he was he was repeating what Richard Legravenace, who wrote The Fisher King, had said about writing, which was writing is mostly rewriting, which a lot of people have said. But he, he compared it to ironing as far as going back over these small little details and getting them out. And so that's the imagery I was thinking of because for the most part, I think when even when I've tried to look back at my younger self and like, oh, but I've come I've come further. I would not respond that way. Inevitably, the next day, next week, I will lash out in some way, or I'll fall back to some of those those traits, those those flaws I had when I was younger. And I was like, "Oh, so I guess I've not learned that." But what is it, it's just going back over. It's going over the same issues, and it, unlike a movie like this where you would kill yourself and go out the hero, you know, even if young Joe lived, he probably is going to fall back into some problematic territory. Some, you know, he's not going to be the perfect guy. Even if he did this one great thing, it's always going back over this process and trying to iron out those details. And if my wife's listening, she was saying, but you can't iron for shit. And that's what I'm saying. That's me, baby. All over. Yeah. (laughs) So you're saying it's like, it's not about success. It's about progress. Yeah. It's about like, I might fall back, but I'm going to, I'm going to make some more progress. I'm going to get better at this and then I'll fall back again and then I'll improve again. It's dangerous to have an unreasonable expectation of course of other people, your partners, but also yourself to be like, Oh, I'm fixed now in any regard. So yeah, yeah. No one's fixed. Dave, you're, you're fine. You can point a finger every now and then. I'm just saying occasionally. <laughs> near your mouth, apparently. <laughs> occasionally, you need a sharp reminder that that's not nice, and you shouldn't do that to people. <laughs> well, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're good. Jesse, tell people where to follow you. 
uh, because they're they're not going to follow us after this. That's so. There's no point in us better ourselves anyway. Her <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's true. Oh well, clearly now you can follow me at Search to Find You on Twitter, and please do. Dave, where are we again? Where are you? You're the one that runs that account. Every every message is signed, Dave. That's right. You need, no matter who answers it, uh, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Grand Gesture Pod. See, every time I tweet one of those things, I always make sure to say love, Dave, because this is a process. Love, Dave. So even if I say something mean <laughs> under your name, I, I finish them with a kind thought. Dave. I love you after I say I hate you. <laughs> hey, you know, it's uh, it's like you're really you're really in tune to, to how to get me to stay in a relationship. <laughs> like, you'd say the most terrible things you want, but if you add a little thing at the end, I'm like, well, it's not that bad. Look, oh my God. he loves me. It's fine. Here's a funny gif. <laughs> We're all good now. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna keep biting you. That's though. all it takes. <laughs> I'll swoop in with the gift. I'll take care of it. Nice loop in. I like it. Good mm-hmm. little play. That wasn't bad. Not bad, Jesse. Uh... That was pretty good. So, <laughs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> Always. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Dave, Dave, I'm trying to get you to do a spit take or something. <laughs> Almost. Close. We should just end with every guest. With, I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> it's like a mix. You know, there's, I really do hope that, but it's also kind of an apology. It's like, well, probably not. But... <laughs> Sorry about that, but I hope it wasn't terrible. Uh, it'll cut together fine. It's fine. Hopefully the other people listening will enjoy it, but you had to suffer. You were the sacrifice this week, Jesse. So right. I'm happy to sacrifice myself, sure. obviously. Yeah. JGL style. So. JGL style. Right. Always JGL style. <laughs> <laughs>